Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 31st episode of Tales of Tamriel. This episode is recorded on September 31st, 2014. And man, do we have a fun show planned for you guys. We got some game news to go over. We got a fun discussion topic where we're going to brainstorm some ideas for distraction-based gameplay. Uh, so those of you in chat, start coming up with some ideas of distraction-based gameplay that you would like to see implemented by Zoss into the Elder Scrolls Online. We also have our Tales of Tamriel, where we go over our gameplay for this week, as well as your emails, iTunes reviews, and website comments. So head on into the tavern, order yourself a round of mead, and listen in for this episode. First off... Let me introduce the cast to you guys. As always, I am your Templar-loving host, Jelos. And with me this evening, as always, my dagger-loving pink power ranger sneak thief herself, Ace. How are you doing today, my love? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You look a little distracted. Do you not like my introduction? It was weird. Because, because the fans by now know how the show goes. So, so just describing all of that was a little strange. I know, it's a lot of fun. I like to throw in a little bit of a mixture every once in a while, kind of keep them on their toes. Yeah, but I don't like change, so it really freaked me out. Well... Because I missed the old intro. The old intro didn't have anything. This one was fun. Oh, alright. Okay. Fine. Alright. Well, next next week I'll let you write the introduction. Alright, sounds good. Okay. All right, be prepared for one-liner. That's it. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Let's go. All right, also joining us this evening, the man who's running our stream for us, and by popular demand, based on the poll we hosted on the Tales of Tamriel website, playing his Templar-doing, uh, I guess it's Delves, isn't it? That's yep. Deltia. How are you today? Good. Yeah, the Cranky Tank's back. Going to play Big Jake for a while. Did Dragonstar Arena this week, and wow. A lot of fun. Oh, indeed. Indeed. We'll get to talk about that in our gameplay section because I know I was with you for uh, at least one of your attempts. And it was a good time. Really, really was. I'm excited to see how this game's going. Okay, and finally, we have a special guest this week. Estelden, the one who's written so many of those guides for weapon skill morphs that you've been seeing on the Tales of Tamriel site. How are you doing today, good sir? I am doing fine. Good afternoon slash evening, lads and ladies. I guess it would be evening for you, right? It is, yeah. And, uh, well, 
why don't you uh, let's do this for right now, just because you're you're a new guest. Why don't you give us a little bit of an introduction on yourself, just like who you are, you know, that kind of fun stuff. Why would you spring that on him? Because it's fun. It keeps them on their toes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, well, um, in game, I'm Asteldian. I've been playing MMOs for a good twelve years now. Uh, and I've pretty much been a tank from EverQuest 1 all the way through till now. Uh, when I play, I get quite addicted and tend to like to write a lot of nonsense or guides just to sort of buy myself some time when I'm not actually gaming, so when I'm stuck at work, really. Excellent. I uh, I kind of do what Deltia does, and we spend all day on ESO head coming up <laughs> with new builds. Yeah, so that's Literally, that's all we do. It's great. My productivity has dropped drastically since that site has come come up. But yeah, so we're excited to have you on the show. I know we've been talking a little bit back and forth for quite a while now, and it's nice to have you uh, join us. I know, yeah, I'm excited to be here. he's on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ace has a thing for British accents. So Marvelous. She's not going to be very, uh, I Helpful. guess, no. I was going to say articulate for this episode because she's kind of drooling over here, but that happens. <laughs> but you know what else also happened? Game news. Patch 1.3.5 hit the uh, live server since, well, since our last episode. And this was a small incremental patch that addresses some issues mainly with Quest, but also includes fixes for gameplay, dungeons, and NPCs in Cyrodiil. Apparently there's not enough things going on in Cyrodiil to make it lag, so they need to fix it. Uh, generally, there's just some fixes and improvements uh, to the Alliance War, some art and animation. One thing that I thought was kind of interesting... It's not even really interesting. I just thought it was funny. Apparently, mounting a horse while wearing a goblin disguise in the quest A Goblin Affection will no longer cause the animation errors. So, uh, yeah, no, I was, never really saw that, but I thought it was kind of neat. Uh, one other thing is light attack animations will now blend together more smoothly. Um, I'm kind of excited about that because the animations generally still need a little bit more scrubbing up. What do you guys, what do you think? Deltia? Animation canceling? You mean people can't weave and add 300 DPS? Come on. No, it's good. Yeah, I mean, there's still some things bugging with the bow and some of the certain abilities, but uh, the animations have gotten a little bit cleaned up, so has weapon swapping too, so that's good. Excellent. And Estelle, have you noticed anything uh, with light attacks, if they smoothed out? I can't remember the last time I actually did light attack twice in a row, to be honest, so I really wouldn't know. You know what? I've been doing a lot of them, but uh, my new build that I've been playing with on the PTS, I don't even think I did too many light attacks, period, because I was never running out of stamina, so I, I was really heavy on my abilities there, so I, I didn't do a lot of light attacks either. Um, and a little bit of sadness going on for uh, monsters. Apparently, vampires can no longer feed upon camels in Craglorn, so sorry no. about that. Yeah, so, you know, that's a thing. Um, yeah, and apparently there was an issue that most Vandy pets will no longer have collision issues, which is a plus, I guess. That's kind of neat. People were able to actually create a line of mini pets, and it could block people's access into buildings and stuff because the mini pets had collision. So oh, my God. That was funny. But, yeah, if you're interested in checking out the rest of these patch notes and seeing if they fixed any of your issues... Uh, you can head over to the official Elder Scrolls Online forums and check out the patch notes. Oh, one more interesting thing that I thought was int- that was a good thing. The Divine's armor trait now properly increases Mundus Stone effects. I know that was a problem pretty much since the launch of game, actually. So this entire time, it wasn't working correctly? Yes. 
Wow, wow, that makes me sad because I think every piece of my gear has that trait on it. Well, that's because it's one of the best traits ever, except for like on chest and legs, I think you put infuse because they get the largest amount of stats, so you get bonus stats. But otherwise, it's pretty much straight, you know, Mundus. I don't I don't think anything else is good other than maybe maybe impenetrable for a tank for non-crit. PvP. Yeah, yeah. Everyone it. wants impenetrable for PvP, but yeah, infused and divines is really the bread and butter. Right, right. Especially PvE, hands down, it's that's what you want. Infused on your two pieces that provide you the biggest enchant, and uh, Mundus the rest of the way. But, yep, so if you're interested, check it out. It's, you know, just a small little fix. Next up on the news front, something that I always find interesting, scenes from Upper Craglorn. You know me as being an art fiend in terms of uh, concept art. I love them and I make all of them my backgrounds. But uh, the official Elder Scrolls Online page has released new wallpapers in honor of Update 4 that kind of highlight a little bit of Upper Craglorn. I know, Thais, you saw me uh, downloading these the other day. What what did you think of them? Did you have a favorite? Well, obviously the one with the tree. Oh, the, the one that looks like he's lighting a little torch. That's kind of neat. That's definitely the one that I would have to say is my favorite. Right. But they, they always look very nice. Their their artists are fantastic. Esteldon, how about you? Did you see uh, these? And if you did, which was your favorite? Uh, i got to admit, I haven't really seen them. I'm not much of an arty person. <sighs> that, that's all right. I, I'm, I, I keep a folder every time there's a uh, new screenshot of any kind or not screenshot but uh concept art i always grab it because i like to have a rotating background of eso awesomeness so that's always exciting deltia how about you have you seen these and if you have which is your favorite i have not and like estelle and i'm not artsy fartsy okay well then you know what i really like the snake one because it was very menacing and i liked it there's two giant snakes in there with glowing red eyes and they look like they're in a in a crystal cave. It's it's nice and I like it. I don't know. It's that's just the way it is. It looks sinister. I really do like it. So that's uh that's it for the scenes from Upper Craglorn. If if you are interested in the concept art and any wallpapers they release, you should head on over and take a look at them. They are really gorgeous pieces of artwork. Definitely. They have some talented artists there at uh, Zoss. Artiste. Artiste there at Zoss, yes. Next up on the game news, on the PTS, patch 1.4.1 landed, which was kind of neat. Um, as I scroll up here, this is another one of those uh, additional fixes kind of patches for gameplay, itemization, and addresses many issues with Dungeons, Craglorn, and Trials. Uh, this is part of the update four. Um, so there, there's some interesting stuff on here, like, such as I guess they reduced the base veteran point costs from veteran ranks 13 to 14 to take less time to actually progress through those ranks. I guess that's a kind of a nice little, little change since people are probably tired of leveling up veteran ranks anyway. Yep. <laughs> um, they fixed an issue where changing weapons held from slot one to slot two, then uh, then weapon swapping could cause the weapon models not to load. That did happen to me while I was playing around on the PTS. Uh, they made some changes to the Sorcerer, Dragon Knight, and Undaunted skill lines. Um, apparently, Bone Shield, the synergy can no longer be activated by the caster. 
So that's that's kind of interesting. Um, otherwise, it's just a bunch of little fixes down across the board. If you're interested in checking any of those out, I do encourage you to go over to the official Elder Scrolls Online forums and under the PTS side, you can see these patch notes. Um, and if you haven't, I do encourage everyone to go out and mess around on the PTS. Definitely help test. I know uh, Deltia, myself, and a lot of people from the guild were all over there. So that's exciting. I know Thais hasn't, but it took me forever to download the 27 yeah, there's, gigs. there's no way I'm downloading the PTS. It'll take forever. It, it took me like eight days, and then it failed, and then I had to do it again. It was not <laughs> fun. <laughs> kind of made me cry a little bit. All right, next up, this is kind of something for those of you who have excess cash and feel like spending it on the uh, Bethesda store. 25% off sale on all ESO-related gear through the 2nd of September. I already got you stuff, Faze. Stop it. What about me? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, Delta. I mean, maybe I, I would be glad to do a shirt exchange with you. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we are still waiting on t-shirts, aren't we? Yeah, I just, I'm getting some more made. Um, it'll be done soon, TM. Soon. TM. TM. Right. Right, right. So, yeah. So, if you're interested, uh, when this audio podcast launches, you'll probably actually have, let me see here. A day. Well, yeah, that day to go do it because it probably will come live on Tuesday since tomorrow is Labor Day. So, excited. Anyone have anything to say? Well, Thais, you look like you're, you have something you want to say. Go ahead. Yes, I, I, need more, I need more hoodies. Need more hoodies? Yes, I need to increase my hoodie collection. Okay. I want to buy a man bag. Is that, is that bad? I, I really I contemplated doing that too. Not only that, but I, I love the leather handbag, but it's like 180 bucks or something like that. It's very expensive. No, for a man, it's not called a handbag. It's a satchel. It's a satchel. It's a satchel. It's a man it's a bad bag. I don't, I don't even care. You know what? I don't even care. I look good while wearing it. I don't care. You always look good holding my purses. I know. I do. Because oh, of my wow. eyes. Um, but yeah, I, I was – Bethesda really was taunting me because there was a 25% sale. And then I also got an email code. Uh, from PAX Prime, which also removed an additional, like, 10%. So, I was like, oh. But I, I didn't do it yet. Alright, so after the show, we're gonna have to spend some money. Yeah, probably. Okay. Good. That happens. Um, Estelden, did you, uh, did you buy anything from the ESO store? I did not, because they'll probably screw me on the shipping. That is true. That is true. The poor EU guys always get screwed on the shipping. It's like... We do. <laughs> 90 bucks for shipping oh every gosh. game it, it's really expensive it, especially uh to do that kind of stuff so ugh. yeah i i wouldn't want to buy there either all right so get your money head on out there and buy some more stuff because that's gonna be exciting all right next up they released another creating eso article called for the dragon star arena New kind of challenges coming in update four, and I'm I'm gonna say it right now. As of right now, this is probably one of the best features they've ever put in for PVE players. Like it is fantastic. But if you're interested in checking out exactly what their I guess process was and what their thoughts were for creating the uh, creating ESO article, you should go check it out. They have some nice little screenshots in there, both of the actual thing, some concept art. It looks like there's a nice little concept art of the uh, armor you'll get, which looks an awful lot like the ebony armor from Skyrim, which is 
very sexy actually so yeah did uh deltia did you uh, check out the uh creating eso article i did yeah there's a lot of information in there a lot of text video is pretty cool too the trailer for it and i mean just getting in there and playing it is way cooler than this though <laughs> It, it definitely this is like one of those things I love reading these just because you get to see into the insight of the developers what they were going for. Um, but uh, the one thing I did like from the video is our favorite guys there, the announcer. Yeah, we were commenting on it during our PTS gameplay. How cool it was he actually taunts you? But by the end, you're like, I just want to stab him. I really do. Hmm. <laughs> Estelden, how about your you? Have you uh, seen the creating ESO article? I have. It was very long, but awesome. I am thoroughly looking forward to indulging in a bit of uh, Dragon Star Arena when it comes out. Uh, it's a lot of fun, dude. It really, really is. Um, okay, well, if you're interested in checking out the uh, Creating ESO article, it is out there on the front page of the official Elder Scrolls Online site i definitely encourage everyone to go check it out if you're into that kind of thing it is definitely a fascinating read all right now here's gonna be some fun thing going on uh upcoming werewolf changes um yeah face would you actually like to read that oh sure our team has been paying attention to the feedback you're sharing about the werewolf skill line, and we're ready to tell you about some of the changes we're considering to improve the gameplay experience for all of you followers of Herstein out there. We're interested in seeing what you think. First off, we're planning to reduce the cost of transforming into a werewolf. The current cost feels too high, and we want you to be able to transform more frequently. We've also fixed a bug that prevented you from using the CC Break ability and werewolf form. We want to make a few changes to damage scaling and the Savage Strength passive that will give you a little more burst potential, and allow your gear upgrades to affect damage output in a more meaningful way. Savage Strength will offer a flat increase to power instead of stacking multiple times. The bonus is a bit lower to balance the change out, but overall you'll have more ability to deal burst damage. We want light and heavy attacks to additionally scale off of weapon power instead of just maximum stamina, and for Pounce and its morphs to scale off of weapon power instead of spell power. Finally, we'll be adding some all-new werewolf abilities to give you more combat options. Here's what we've come up with. We'll have more about the morphs in the future, and we'd love to know what you'd like to see. First is Hercene's Bounty. This is a self-heal ability that gives you more survivability. Next is Piercing Howl, an ability that damages and knocks an enemy down. Finally is Infectious Claws, a swipe attack that deals disease damage to multiple foes. There you have it. Tell us what you think about the changes, which will be coming online in a future game update. Excellent. Now, first off, I think we can all agree that the cost of transforming into a werewolf in the current game is way, way too high. Oh, it's, yeah. Eight, it's 700, 800 once you, after you get some passives. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 725 or something I think it's for me. When my mother was playing your character, she mm -hmm. actually got to try out your werewolf ability, and even she agrees that it costs too much. You know, what's really even funny... Mom? <laughs> yeah, my mom, when she came to visit, and she wanted to play ESO, so she played on Ag's character, and she loved it. I had her do, oh, what's it called, uh, a dolmen, and I thought she was going to have another heart attack. Right. Yeah, well, 
And, and you wouldn't believe, like, when I got my character back, I had so many bug parts. I didn't even know what to do. I'm like, she, oh, my goodness Everything gracious. she ran up to, she collected. It was adorable. Yeah. It was, it was interesting. But, I mean, I kind of complain a little bit about my Nova, which is, like, 250 or is it 350? I can't remember. But even so, I'm like, man, it takes forever to get that up. And that's like a third of the cost of what werewolf actually costs. It's insane. It is just insane right now how much the werewolf transformation costs. I think I, when I got my werewolf, I ran around for like, I think it took me a good five minutes of fighting till I got enough to actually transform. And it was crazy. So being able to transform more often would be pretty nice. It, it, it's just kind of a nice thing to do. It takes so much ultimate. It's like a waste. Uh, next up, I guess the changes to uh, Savage Strength. Let's do a little bit of number crunching here. I guess before there was it's it stacked uh, multiple times, and now this will just do a flat increase to power. So before, I guess as you were going on, you would get a stack that maybe increased your power by like ten, and it just kept stacking. So now they're probably going to do like a hundred. So it doesn't stack anymore, but it's just a flat power increase. I, I, what do you guys think? Deltia, um, number crunching wise, do you think the flat balance versus having to stack it will actually provide a bigger DPS boost? For which ability again? Sorry, say again. It's a uh, savage strength. It's a passive. I mean, the, the werewolf's terrible. I mean, <laughs> for tanking, it's amazing. But anything else, devouring bats cost 158 in stage four. 158 ultimate, it basically heals you to full. The werewolves, I can do more damage without my ultimate, being in the form. I mean, they'd have to make it where it's just a ridiculous amount of damage to make to be worthwhile, to be completely honest. The thing needs to be fixed and have a, an ultimate or something that they don't have to turn into the form. That's what I think it needs to make it relevant. Because the vampire one, you're not turned into a form. You have your normal abilities. Um, so that's what I think about it, but you know, it's not perfect. Just like the vampire wasn't needs to get toned, tuned up. But yeah, I don't know. I, I don't like it personally unless you're tanking. Well, we've only experienced it in the in the way it, it currently is. But yeah, it, it is kind of weird. I don't know. I, see, here's my thought. I don't like the vampire because you have to mix and match. So yeah, you do get your own abilities and you can mix it with the vampire. But I think it's kind of neat how the werewolf is that you can have your own abilities, still get the passives, and then when you morph, you get a whole set of abilities. I really like that. Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's almost like getting an additional set of bars. Like, you'll be able to use your own stuff, you get the passives, but to use the actual werewolf abilities, you have to be a werewolf. And it, it makes sense lore-wise, because the vampires really, there's nothing different about them except for the fact they have fangs. Um, but... So in theory, werewolves should be stronger. Uh, I don't. I don't know. Stronger, it, but not good. <laughs> yeah, it, it's they were very poorly implemented in terms of balance wise, and I don't think it's a lot of it. I think is just because of the cost of the of the morph. To, because to use all these cool abilities, you have to be morphed. And a the morph doesn't last that long. It really doesn't. It's actually really. The amount of time you get to spend in Werewolf currently is not yeah. very good. Now, you know, for... that transformation is awesome looking. You feel like a complete badass when you turn into Werewolf form. Oh, yeah. Well, if looks could kill, you'd be great. But yeah, unfortunately, but that doesn't work. And you got a swarm of bats that looks ridiculous, yet it kills everything and heals you to 100%. So, I don't right. know. 
don't know. It, I think a lot... The problem I see with these is one thing. Or two things, multiple. Um, vampires were too strong. Like, they really are. They have too great a passive, not enough negatives to... Um, compensate for the amount of pa- or the amount of pluses they have. Like, yeah, fire damage, great, but I mean, I I think the da- the negatives should be toned down, but I think the power should be toned down relative to the negatives. You need to have a balance. But anyone can say that you know, screw the fire damage. The the benefits far outweigh the amount of uh, negatives you get from it. The problem with that is because they're so powerful, werewolves, on the other hand, took so long to transform to use any of their abilities. You can't use any of the abilities unless you're in the form, and it takes forever to get into the form. And then once you're in the form, it only lasts you like 10 seconds. It doesn't last long. So you you spend five minutes getting it up, and you're a werewolf for like 30 seconds. You're like, oh, that's what she said. (laughs) Phrasing. (laughs) Yeah, it, it's just as now the amount you need to do to get to the cool stuff on Werewolf is too much, and it doesn't it doesn't balance well with how passively strong the vampire is just out of the box, and they don't need to do anything. So yeah, but now it is kind of neat that uh, the one thing I do remember looking at is like if I've been both a vampire and a werewolf, and the va- vampire has a lot of abilities, like a lot. Werewolf has like nothing. Like, in terms of abilities, they don't. They don't have a lot. It's kind of nice to be able to see, um, I guess, more of more abilities coming in. And here's the thing. With how Bat Swarm is, as a healing potential and damage, it depends on how they mess with Hercene's bounty. But that may actually, if they can do it right, it may balance out the survivability vampires get from their bats. Um but with that being said, I'm going to say this right off the bat. There needs to be more hard counters to Vampire and Werewolf. The Fighter's Guild is there, yes, but it's not as effective as you would think. Like, Silver Bolts are supposed to be able to really be a bane. In PvP, they barely do anything. They cost too much, and they don't do enough. So yeah. Vampires and Werewolves, well, Vampires mostly right now, have all these benefits, but non-Werewolf Vampires, you know, don't... You know, they don't have any benefits. Like, they don't have enough hard counters to make it worth not taking, you know, vampire. That's why everyone in PvP is a vampire, because the negatives aren't aren't enough to counter not, you know, having the power. There needs to be hard counters that if you run up to someone and run into someone who's built as a vampire hunter, it, it should be like a VR-12 taking on, like, a non-VR. It's like, oh, crap, you know? Because you took those hard counters. There needs to be something, you know. There is, there is one that not a lot of people are using. My buddy Kaz found out. Um, there's the one that you fear the target, and you can like literally nuke a vampire in like two fears. Oh, really? It's the, it's the fear one. Yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's the circle of protection that you put on the ground that really no one uses. If you mm-hmm. morph, if you morph it to fear, you can you fear werewolves and vampires, and it hits like a truck. So that's one that some people don't use that actually is effective. Interesting. Yeah, I, that one really isn't used that much. But I know you have to take a passive in the in the line to make it a fear, I think. Um, but yeah, it's no, the Fighter's Guild is very underutilized compared yeah. to Mage's Guild. But mostly that's because it's stamina abilities. And up until recently, 
stamina builds suck. And even now they don't they don't suck as much, but they're still not as good as the magicka builds. Yeah. Um, well, you, you have to use stamina to move, and yeah, the you can either do DPS or move. That if you're using magic, you can DPS and move. That's basically it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Okay, does anyone have anything else they want to say about the upcoming werewolf changes? Well, uh, I, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Asun. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to say there's two fundamental problems I have with the werewolf, and this problem doesn't really just either. One is that becoming the werewolf is, A, still completely reliant on stamina, as purely stamina, which means you're dealing with one resource only, and you're getting a DPS loss for becoming the werewolf. But worse than that, by being a werewolf in the first place, you're probably stamina-based, and now you've given up Dawn, full of Stormbreaker to have the werewolf ultimate. So you've already lost 13% damage before you even turn into the werewolf. And by becoming the werewolf, you lose even more damage because they don't have much DPS. So they've solved or trying to solve the when you're the werewolf form. But I think their ultimate needs a passive increase to damage because a stamina build doesn't want to give up Flawless Dawnbreaker. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Flawless Dawnbreaker for your stamina build is just... There's really no other ultimate you should have for that because it just passively increases all of your damage. It's like put it on your other bar if you need a different ultimate, but that one you can't get it away from. So, Well, I did change to Werewolf on my DK um, from Vampire because I'm a tank. And the little trick with Werewolf that Brandon taught me is basically you. it's a huge benefit for tanks because your ultimate, every time you take damage basically turns you uh, gives you ultimate. So for me, I never turn into a werewolf, but I have that slotted just so when I'm tanking, I can generate ultimate fast. Um, and the poison damage is not nearly as prevalent as fire damage. So if you're just a PvE tank, werewolf is actually pretty effective to be in. If you're doing anything else, not so much. But I never turn into it because it's a huge waste of DPS. I have a whole new set of skills that aren't helpful, but for tanking specifically, it's awesome. And I'm going to make a guide this week on it. Excellent. I'm looking forward to that one, definitely. So, uh, yeah. Hopefully Werewolf, you know, gets brought up a little bit on par with uh, Vampire, but I'm still fond of Vampire getting nerfed. It, it's, yeah. Just or better yet, don't even nerf it. Just buff Fighter's Guild to make it a hard counter. Yeah. I think that would be the better way. Keep it the way it is, but make Fighters Guild a hard counter to it. That's a good idea. Yeah. That'll work. Yeah, I'm, No one likes getting nerfed, but you might as well bring other stuff up to par. Because I'm a firm believer that, like, I don't want to be a vampire or werewolf on my Templars. Just not roleplay-wise and everything. I don't want to be one of those. But as such, as being a non-vampire werewolf, Fighters Guild should be my go-to to say, okay, since I'm not a werewolf or a vampire... This is what I take, and I'll be a hard counter to vampires and werewolves because I'm a non one. Because right now, without it, they rip into you, you know? Yeah. Speaking of buffs, I think Dragon Knights need a buff. <laughs> <laughs> we need a flame execute that, uh, you know, can be used at 50%. Okay, that's a joke. Yeah. Yeah. Really. All right. Well, that's the upcoming vampire changes. We're going to move on to our next section. <laughs> uh, that is. Tales of the Dead winners were announced. So uh, they asked us to show off our creative writing skills and come up with some of the best fictional description of an unfortunate scene in Tamriel. Uh, there were over 300 entries for this first Tales of the Dead contest. And uh, I guess they picked three. So the three entries are 
here. Thais will read them off. Um, actually, before we do that, for those of you who do not know what the Tales of the Dead contest was, they actually showed us a picture of what looks like two bodies sitting at a table and skeletons. covered skeletons, I should say, covered in arrows. And they ask us to describe how they ended up like this. And these were the three winners. I'm gonna I'm gonna say first that these were written by players, so some of my pronunciations might be off. Okay. Okay, this is untitled by some elf. Now, this one is among my very favorites. The sepiarch of composition halted, and the gaggle of students following him slowed their pace, arranging themselves in a vague semicircle. It is a little political, but hardly suffers for it. Quite the contrary. It was the largest of many installations exhibited that day in the inner courtyard of the Shimmerine Academy. The manicured lawns and mosaic pathways that filled the heart of that prestigious institution of Old Mary Learning were entirely overrun by works of avant-garde sculpture. Though it was intended for the benefit of all, none were keener to take advantage of the expedition than the Academy's own students of art. Their instructor stood silent for a long moment, with his hands folded behind his back, allowing the younger Murr to move around the giant tableau. It was very elaborate. Real earth brought to Somerset from continental Tamriel, magically grown vegetation and, although actually made from canvas stretched on metal frames, very convincing boulders and cliffs. Now came the inevitable question, what do we see? Feasting skeletons under attack, one of the females in the group, a willowy black lip gamine, answered immediately. Clearly human, and time real. What humans? The sappy arc of composition rocked back on his heels, and his gaze leapt from face to face when no reply emerged. He was an embodiment of his subject, from the precise length of his robe's hem, through the stylish knot of his sash, to the intricate braiding of his hair. His smile was taut and cold as winter. What is the symbol on the bag? A Breton trillium, ventured a young male, staring at the lumpy container. Triskelion, correct the sapiarch, but Breton is a safe wager. What else do we see? Go on, you may step closer in. They had obviously been sharing a meal moments before the assault, remarked another female as she bent over the table, careful not to disturb the objects. The candles make that point. Why skeletons and not bodies? Reasons practical and allegorical, my dear, replied the instructor imperiously. Corpses decay unpleasantly. More importantly, it shows their depths were already certain, even as they ate. What is the intent of the cheese? The student wrinkled her golden nose, symbolizing madness? Precisely. Skeletons, marish arrows, cheese. Death preordained by the madness of opposing the dominion. The sepiarch was in full flow. What are arrows? Distance. Death from afar. Death from the isles. Death without sullying our own hands. The scene has the appearance of chaos, but it was staged with great care using telekinesis and the help of a master archer. The fiending of chaos through ordered technique adds another semiotic layer to... Is it right, though? The black-lipped student interrupted. The other Altmer all looked away, so as not to be seen to abet the insolence. Yet she forged on. Just to use their bones like that? For art? The sepiarch of composition regarded her with pity. 
I'm afraid you will loathe the next one then. Oh, okay. There's three of them. <laughs> well, I thought you had something to add first. That's why I nope. stopped. Okay, the next one is Bad Monday by Michael Marks. It was a Monday, starting out like any other day, with me standing in the middle of a crime scene, looking down at a dead body. I had a splitting headache and a desperate need for coffee. The name's Thorson, Lars Thorson. I'm a city guard. Well, I used to be anyway. Then I took an arrow to the knee. But that's another story. Now, I'm hired muscle. A fixer. I shook my head, fuzzy on the details. Skooma. Something to do with bad cats hustling bad sugar. I rubbed my left temple, wincing at the pain that throbbed like a spike in my skull. I'd have killed for some bug loss just now. But there was nothing more than scrub grass in sight. I scowled. Focus on the details. The campsite was a dead drop. The guys cooking sugar likely worked at a lab in some cave nearby. No way they'd risk a buy there. This was one of a hundred little spots where you could make a discreet swap. Traces of gooey sugar clung to the splintered wood barrel. The buyer picks up the goods and leaves the gold. You didn't have to be a detective to know the emblem on the green silk bag was the seal of Rethan Holdings, Rifton's biggest bank and money launderer for the rich and infamous. But something had gone wrong. My eyes narrowed. Dead guy number one was on his back. Somebody had punched his ticket, but good, an arrow in each eye socket. Nifty shooting. I know. I'm a decent with bow. I'm decent with a bow myself. This was Dark Brotherhood, maybe. Those shadowy little ninja types gave me the creeps. One moment you're alone, then some wisp of smoke thumps an arrow into your melon. Dead guy number two got it quick. So quick he never had a chance to get out of his chair. Something seemed familiar about the body, but I couldn't place it. Just bones now. Muscle, skin, clothes had rotted away. But the pose was casual, cocky, almost like he'd been looking at Grom lying dead. My eyes flicked to the corpse on the ground. How'd I know his name was Grom? Jumbled pictures flashed through my mind. Grom's face when he turned and saw me staring at him down the length of an arrow. I grinned when I shot him, shot my partner. Screw Grom and the Khajiits, I thought. I had the skooma and the gold. I remembered sitting down to savor the moment, sitting right. My eyes dripped to the second corpse and the pain in my skull throbbed anew. I sat right there. Panic scrawled up my gut as I remembered the vaguely feline shadow off to my left, just as something slammed into my skull. The damn cats had a fixer of their own. I raised my hand, Dawn's light sifting through transparent fingers. It was a Monday, just like every other day for the last 20-odd years, when I realized the body I'm looking down on is my own. Hmm. I actually kind of like that one better than the first one so did i i don't think they're numbered as you I, I think they just picked the three they like the most okay the last one is untitled by madrax the shadows in front of the rocks grew longer and as the sun set on the horizon the bones in the glade started to move esther a skeleton leaning on a huge stone yawned and scratched himself where his eyes used to be, now replaced by an arrow. It had been almost five years since that arrow took his life, but there was still that horrible itching dawn after dawn. I can't believe it, slipped from his mouth. Uther, 
his companion from days of old, and obviously beyond death as well, asked in a screeching voice, Huh? What's going on? Since Escher didn't answer, he asked again, this time louder, What's going on? You won't believe it, Escher babbled, standing up. Go on and tell me what you see, Uther demanded impatiently. He knew Escher had problems understanding everything with only one good ear, but Escher, on the other hand, often forgot about Uther's inability to see anything on account of the two arrows that replaced his eyeballs. It had annoyed him since that fateful day both died in a rain of arrows. What do you see? he asked once more. Escher gazed at the table where both of them sat when they were killed. Yesterday, the table was empty and abandoned. But today, how brave someone must be. There's been someone eating here, Escher marveled. Eating? No answer. If Uther still had his eyes, he would have rolled them. Instead, he sighed and asked a bit louder. Eating? Well, just a picnic. Obviously someone climbed over us and had a picnic here, Escher explained. I don't want to pretend to be scarier than we are, but that shows real guts, Uther noted, standing. The skeleton with the arrow in his ear didn't reply. Instead, he grabbed a piece of cheese, took a bite, and snatched up the bottle of wine lying next to a plate of fruit. Chewing, he noted something. I believe, nom, they were, nom, disturbed. There's still so much untouched, gulp. A piece of chewed up cheese fell to the ground. Uther fumbled toward the table, as he realized that Escher had sat down to work on the food. His head suddenly turned into Escher's direction, the arrows in his face tipping the bottles off the table. What's that you're eating without me? His voice, his angry voice questioned, followed by a clink and ripping wine pouring into the ground. Escher sighed. Cheese. It would have tasted very good with some wine. How about some grapes? He plucked off a bunch and threw it at Uther. Coincidentally, he caught them with one of the arrows, so the deep purple fruits looked almost like some kind of eye patch. Escher just had the chuckle. What? Uther demanded. But Escher didn't answer. Since the scene had changed suddenly, the last thing Uther heard was one amazed and furious assertion. I can't believe it! There are two skeletons having our dinner! The very last thing Escher saw was a huge fireball. I think that one's my favorite just because of your exclamations. They were funny. <laughs> they were funny. Oh, I was reading it how it was written. <laughs> Good. I like it. I like it a lot. All right, so those were the three winners, and they actually received a $25 gift certificate to the Bethesda store and an ESO t-shirt of their choice. So congratulations to those winners, and uh, I like the stories. Sounds good. Definitely sounds good. Do uh, either of you have anything to say about the Tales of the Dead? Well, it's cool that someone took the time to really write something good like that. Well, I guess all the winners have got themselves a nice man bag to buy then. Oh, the man bag. Now I want it. <laughs> I'm going to go order one right now. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I... Order one for Ag while you're at it before he cries. <sighs> yes. I'll get him a shirt, too. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. All right. Well, that was the winners of the Tales of the Dead. The final bit of news we have for this week is another Lore Masters archive, The Interpreted Soul. And as always, this little bit of lore will be brought to you by Thais, followed by a quick little Q&A. Okay. This is The Interpreted Soul by Abbot Cressius Viria. Do you think the fans mind that I'm reading so much? No. Go no? ahead. Okay. An initiate disturbed my meditations last night, wide-eyed and distraught. Abbot, 
cried he. I have endured the most horrible dream. I was tending to the elders in their cells, bringing them food and water, listening to their soothing songs. The moth's gentle wings fluttered, tranquil as always, when suddenly I was confronted by hideous aberrations. Incorporeal dead roamed the halls, and it appeared to me as if the moths were feeding on them, sucking wisps of ghostly material, perhaps their very souls, into hungry maws. Please, Abbot, tell me this is madness, that it is not so. It is not unusual for initiates of our order to suffer unsettling dreams, especially as they learn more of the nature of our sacred charges, the Elder Scrolls, and the ancestors that grant us the wisdom to approach their infinite mysteries. Though much of the knowledge gained through readings of the scrolls must be experienced personally to truly comprehend it, and despite being quite exhausted from my daily rigors, I was able to help him set aside his fears about our order's relationship with mortal souls, and the moths that persevere fragments of their erudition from beyond mortality. Not for us are the brutal methods of the conjurer or necromancer tearing the soul from its vessel, constraining it and forcibly redirecting its energies with no regard for its journey or contents. No, the interplay of moth and ancestor soul is delicate and is natural at the cantacile trees themselves, and we are patient and conscientious observers, hoping to make sense of the cosmic tapestry by glimpsing its threads. It is through service to the moths and the ancestors that we gain guidance, not through the clumsy coercion of will without understanding the consequences. The soul, I told him, has much in common with the moth. They are a symbolic pair. Though it is typical to think of it as the adric essence at the core of every mortal, I advise him to consider the soul in another light, scaled like the wings of the moth, and to imagine it comprised of vessels filled through the events of mortal existence. On release from life on Nern, it is our belief that a kind of dissipation begins, and it is then that the moths learn the songs of the souls. Ooh. And it is then that the moths learn of the song of the souls firens, which are shepherded under our care and protected generation after generation. The firens themselves must retain a connection to the grand fabric of creation to the scattered soul remnants in all their destinations. Though this link, and with patient care, we receive guidance from beyond the present or past and the known world, where time is irrelevant. The moths do not capture or devour the souls of the ancestors, but only repeat to us what they've filtered, like a chorus repeating the verses of a grand song. I could tell that, though the full dawn of understanding had not broken for him yet, his wild fears about the ancestor moths were somewhat allayed. I was pleased to assist him in his journey, and told him we would have ample time to ponder the nature of souls as he scrubbed the silk room floors for the next week. Penance for intruding on my nightly revere. I, I think I've read that book actually in game already, so I, I do remember that one. I, I have a fascination with pretty much any book in game that has to do with uh, the cult of the ancestor moth are the elder scrolls themselves are the dwemer those were always my favorite books anytime i saw something on those i had to read it um so the next section of this is the abbot was this crassius viera vera yeah there is answers your questions first question is as a nord i know that my soul may end up in Savangard with with shores leave 
But could my soul leave Sovngarde and go into other realms of Aetherius if I so choose? Or is my soul bound within that realm? That's from Rhaegar Volkir. Uh, but Crassius Furius says, Conjured or summoned souls of those who have passed on rarely tell of their sojourns in Aetherius. But it is the belief of our order that acts of will, such as travel, are rare where there is no need of volition. There is no choosing when there is no incentive for choice. Well, that's big. He's saying no. <laughs> well, he's more. I think he's more or less saying, why would you want to move if you have no reason to? Okay. That's not, then that's not vague. You just explained it. I know, but... <laughs> It's like, why would I not have a reason to? Well, why would you? You're dead and your soul is happy. Why would you want to leave? I don't know. In a book by Sage Savari of Fallowstone Hall, I have read that her scene will claim the soul of any lycanthrope upon their death. This leads me to question of who actually has the final say about where a soul of a mortal goes after death. As this example would suggest that Daedric princes have a greater say in this than Adra have. Are there instances in which some kind of conflict between the divine forces over the soul of a mortal may occur? And if so, what would be the deciding factors for such a conflict? That is by Inkwolf. Abbot Crassius Varia says, Sage Fari's statement that Hercene claims the souls of lycanthropes is poetic but misleading. It is the mortals themselves who decide the destinations of their souls but the choices they make during life. However, that said, there have been reports that worm cult necromancers have devised a way of hijacking the souls of mortals, sacrificed in a certain Daedric ritual. That would be hard if true, but so far we have not received definite confirmation of it. Apparently they haven't played ESO. <laughs> I mean, because the first thing you do is make a character and you're stuck in Oblivion. So, But yeah, it, it is one of those things that once you are, I, I guess you mark your soul and that's where your soul goes. So it's interesting. All right, next question. I've noticed an unusual number of sentient, friendly ghosts during my travels throughout Tamriel. Do you think this has something to do with the plane meld, or is something else at work? That is from Basha Joe. Abbot Crassius Virius says, It is undeniable that the appearance of restless or unmoored spirits has increased within the last year or two. In fact, by our estimates, such apparitions are at a historical high. The fact that our world is simultaneously under assault by Daedra and the so-called Dark Anchors is unlikely to be a coincidence. The tapestry of our reality is fraying, I fear, and the scrolls are ambiguous as to the outcome. Hmm. And the final question. Anointed Abbot, I come with a simple question relating to the verse and complex topic. That the facial hair and its metaphysical significance. What role do beards... <laughs> and other forms of bodily hair, if applicable, play in the cult of the ancestor Moth and the ancient culture of Nibbane. Do they in some way relate to our collective spiritual role or our place in the Arbus? That's from Yours with Love and Love, oh my, Vavul Mor Morlan of uh, uh, Ald Sirad. Abbot Crestius Feria says, it is indeed true that most male moth priests sport chins that are significantly, even resplendently, her suit, and many, various, and sundry are the mystic theories and esoteric hypotheses as to why this should be. 
However, the wise student will simply reflect upon how ocular infirmity must complicate the task of shaving one's chin. More or less, beards are awesome. When you're blind, you tend to cut yourself a lot, so they just <laughs> give up on shaving. So there you go. I actually like that answer. That was really cool. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. The Lore Master's Archive, The Interpreted Soul. That was a lot of fun. I like those. I really do. And this one would definitely, the book was a lot easier than the lecture oh from last gosh. week. Anyone who listened to last week's show, I apologize greatly for reading that book. Indeed. Oh, it wasn't. That was just the book they chose. All right. That is, uh, I think, uh, the end of our news section, unless uh, anyone else has anything else they want to say before we move on. Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. That's going to move on to our next section, which is the Elder Scrolls discussion topic. And this week we decided we're going to have a fun little topic. Uh, mostly about distraction-based gameplays and what we're hoping that they implement into the game. So we're just going to do a little bit of brainstorming for some ideas, and uh, if any of our um, chat room has anything that you think you should add, feel free to let us know now, and maybe we'll talk about it. All right, so first thing is distraction-based gameplay is little side things you can do in a game that A, make the game feel more fleshed out, but doesn't necessarily have to improve your character in any which way. Just little things to do while maybe you're waiting for your friends to get on or, or something along those lines. Little fun things to do to keep you interested in the game. Now, I, I've separated this out into three little subcategories, mostly mini games, environmental, and character-based, distraction-based gameplay. So... Let, let's start with the mini games. What kind of mini games would each of us like to see in in the game that hopefully match lore? So, uh, Steldon, why don't you go ahead and go first? Okay. Well, for a start, they're even already in the game. They just need to do something more with it. And that is, of course, frog racing and lizard racing. They're already in the game. So, why not, I don't know, have it you bet money on it and if you win you get tokens and with the tokens you can buy vanity items you know maybe a, a new colored blanket for your horse or a new loot so when you do slash loot you have a special loot that comes out uh, those are the two main things I think they should make use of what's there and also just give me a slash roll so I can at least play a game of dice with people right right that, you know actually I'm kind of interested in this the frog races lizard races where are these because I've never seen them Oh, the quest lines. Um, the All frog the race. Man. Yeah, that's the one. I can't I, remember the one is, <laughs> I remember in, in beta, they were talking about frog races and how they had to disable them for some reason. It's in Skywatch, uh, Aldemary Dominion, Oridon. Okay, all right. So, yeah, and I see in chat we're seeing a lot of people, they want to talk about gambling. gambling. And, you know, I really like the idea of gambling. Um I'll go next. One of the things that, like, in one of the games I play, like Witcher, it's a single-player game, but they actually have a dice board where, you know, you sit down and you actually play dice, and you actually gamble money. I think it would be a fun little thing that you could do, like, if you walked into a tavern, you could sit at a table and other people could join you and almost be, like, a little competitive little little mini-game where you could throw a few gold down and try to gamble a bit. I, I mean, I would spend a lot of time in there. It should be in the taverns. That would be an amazing place all, to see. All mini games, I think, especially with these, would be neat to have in the tavern. Like you sit down, like have a, I don't know, just like a, um, just how the 
crafting stations are. When you go to use them, your character kind of zooms in. They should just have a table. It's like a dice table you go and you can sit at, you know, use it, and you actually then get a different screen where you get to play dice. I think that would be a lot of fun. You can then you could gamble your money away or whatever the case may be. I think that would be a lot of fun. And it'd be a nice little social because um, who is it? Paul Sage. There we go. Paul Sage is really big into the social aspects of the game. Like he was even talking about the barbershop, how he wanted it to be a way for people to do something in games and give it to other players. If you really like the interaction caused by this, then definitely why not add something like people go out and do it. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, next thing is I, I was always fond of card games, even though most card games I can think of that are fun tend to be, I think would be hard to do lore wise. Cause they're more of a, uh, like a Japanese thing, like Triple Triad from Final Fantasy XI uh, and nine yeah. were a lot of fun in those games, but I don't think they would fit very well lore-wise here. Okay, so they, they can't bring in Uno, but there's still other types of card games. Oh, it'd be kind of neat to, they could just bring in a poker deck. Oh, yeah, and, with poker. But do it with, like, uh, I don't know, Daedric Princess, King, Queen, mm -hmm. you know, kind of stuff like that, or Adra, or whatever the case may be. The only thing I hope they never put in, and Egg will know immediately why, is they can never put in brothels. Oh. Yeah, because I spend all my money there. That's what I do in The Witcher. I, I gamble, <laughs> and then I get money, and then I go spend it in brothels, and then I'm broke again, so then I have to go gamble to get more money. Would Kate Beckinsale do the voices of the, uh, <laughs> the <laughs> If that's the case, everyone, every male in the game would never, like, there would there would be no need to release new Endgame because all we would be doing is gambling and... and Great boring. money sink. Great the females would be ruling the game. Yeah, there we would do nothing you else. You know, I kind of like this idea. <laughs> now, a lot of people have things with racing. Um, here's the thing with horses and stuff like that. I think it would be kind of neat... To do a type of horse race on it or, you know, something like that, that you can maybe bring your horse. But I think it should be a balanced kind of thing. Like there will be um, where it uses both speed and stamina. Because obviously the first thing with racing that comes to mind is, well, then just put all your money in, in speed to go fast. But I think one of the neat thing is the track, maybe the track be a little bit tricky and at certain points, you have to use your stamina or you avoid getting knocked off or snared or something like that. Hills. Hills that you're, you would need to use stamina to get up. Otherwise, you walk. So I think that would be kind of neat to make people kind of figure out different ways of feeding their horses to get them up for racing. Someone well, in chat said and gamble on other people's racing horses. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That would be cool. Uh, Selden, what, what, what were you going to say? Oh, I was just saying you could have high jumps. You have a special jump button to go extra high, which uses stamina. Yep. Carrying capacity, you could have, you could bring that into the thing too. Like at certain points of the race, you have to carry. A machete. No, just anything. Just oh, you have to carry a like a flag or something, and it costs X amount of carrying spots. And if you don't have it, it hampers your speed. So like if something weighed say ten stone, since we don't know what the weight actually is, we'll just say ten stone or ten pounds. If you have zero carrying capacity, your speed is decreased by ten percent. But if you have that carrying capacity, your speed's not you know, nullified in any which way. I think that would be kind of neat a way of balancing horses around. I think it'd be really neat to, to bring all three in that way. Not any one horse would win because say a horse that's super fast has all speed. Yeah. They'll be ahead for most of it, but what happens when they hit the, the hills or the jumping that needs stamina, they'll start slowing down or when they start having to pick up the flags that weigh 10 stone a piece or 10 pounds a piece, 
and they start losing their speed. By the end, they would be like running at 10% speed. Whereas the carrying horse would have no problem carrying anything, but wouldn't run all that fast. You know, so you, the extremes in either case wouldn't necessarily win because they'd all have their pluses and negatives. You know what I mean? Because you'd have to carry stuff up. So your horse has to have carrying capacity. Otherwise, you lose speed. Your horse needs to be able to run fast so you can actually pull ahead and you need stamina so you can do the hills and things. I think it would be really neat. And, of course, gambling is always something you should do. <laughs> uh, Deltia, how about you? Do you have any idea for any type of uh, mini game? I don't know. Other things, of, like you said, good gambling, racing, a bunch of different stuff. I mean, going back to Final Fantasy VII, my favorite mini game was doing the Chocobo races or whatever. But I don't really care for mini games unless you call an arena a mini game. Um, I want something for small people like Dragon Star Arena. I want something for small PvPers like me before they ever even think about mini games. Because to be honest with you, I'm not doing my favorite part of the game, which is PvP right now, because it's just not my thing. So for me, I think this is a long ways away from happening. Because um, they have so many irons in the fire right now with trying to add the um, Dark Brotherhood and stuff like that. But if I were to say one, it'd have to be something with the horses. I mean, I think this is a really cool part of the game that you have horses. You can use multiple ones. You can name them. Give them some identity. You know, make it where the straps in the back of the horses or whatever can change. And it's like some super, super hardcore thing you have to get that takes a million hours to get. You know, give us something to do, something to strive for, similar to the achievement system and dies. Um, whatever it is, if it was something like that, I think people would do it. Here's something interesting that someone said. Of course, it's dueling, but would it be kind of neat to have a dueling arena? Oh, my God. Where, here's the thing. Two people sign up, so you can't see their names, okay? So let's just say when you sign up, Delty and I go in, and you won't really know, but you can sit and watch. But you see, people can place bets on red fighter, blue fighter, who's going to win. That would be and, amazing. But that, that way you can't really bet on your friend. Like, Delty will be like, yeah, whatever the case may be, I'm, I'm a blue fighter, because he doesn't even know what he is. You know, that way you can't sit and vet and you know invent or any kind of well, voice calm and go, guys, bet on me because you know I'm going to win or I'm going to drop, so bet on the other guy so you can earn money. They won't know what color you are. They just see a blue fighter and a, a red fighter, whatever the case may be. So it's essentially random, though. No. Well, yeah, when you walk in, you get a random color assigned to you, but that's so you can't cheat the system and go, I'm going to die. I, you know, I'm going to lose it. I'm just standing and let the guy kill me. So everyone bet on him and you earn money. Oh, okay. But that way, you know, like if you knew the color, you can still be invent going, oh, I'm red. Everyone vote, you know, whatever the case may be, because you don't know the color. You just have to like 30 seconds before you get to bet on I think blue fighter is going to win. And then two people go in and do a one on one arena and whoever wins, you get the money. You know, just like a normal, normal betting arena like that would be a fun or little just dueling period. Dueling period. Like, I want friendly duels. Like, I used to spend hours just dueling each other, testing out specs, testing abilities, and fighting each other. And we, we got so much... You get so much better at PvP when you actually fight your friends. And you can see where your strengths and weaknesses are. They can tell you what your strengths and weaknesses are. That's how you get better at PvP. Now, the AP trading stuff that's going on, not down for that. But I want dueling. Just let me do friendly dueling. I'd spend hours doing that. Well, that's what, like I said, for a mini game kind of stuff, I think that would be kind of neat. 
like I said, the dueling range, so other people can get into it as well. Like your friends yeah. can bet. That's just something you can have fun watching. And it doesn't necessarily mean like your friends can do it. You can just get, you know, go in there and have fun uh, dueling. You don't have to have any friends doing it, but the people who want to watch the arena can sit there and watch and make bets and just a way of just having fun. I think that's yeah. a fun thing to do. Uh, I think that definitely falls under a character. Now, next up, uh, environmental. I'm a big fan of puzzles in the game, jumping puzzles. Even oh, though. are you? Are really? Yes. yes. I love puzzles. Oh Rift God. had some of the best puzzles in the game ever. Like some of them were just freaking hard and they were great. I like jumping puzzles. Guild War 2 did jumping puzzles where you had to jump across stuff. I think this game would have to design it in such a way, but I think they'd be fun doing jumping puzzles and stuff of that nature to try to get through a puzzle all the way through, you know? Um, I, I love puzzles, like being able to go to a, a, a castle keep and getting a treasure chest once a day, but you have to either do a jumping puzzle or figure out a puzzle for an achievement. What, what do you guys think about that? Hate puzzles. You hate puzzles? I love puzzles. I hate, I'm just going to go on YouTube and look at someone's guy. I, I want to play the game and kill stuff. I don't want to sit and go, Ooh, where does this little circle go? I, I can't stand it. I, I rage this week over a puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's one thing that we've already talked about that a good MMO has stuff for everybody. True. I would love puzzles. I would spend all day trying to figure out puzzles. Me too. So, I mean, so since I like puzzles and Delta, it doesn't, does that mean I'm smarter than him? I don't know. Let's yes. let's not go there. Let's not open up that Pandora's box. Yes. Next up, and this one I think will be kind of neat if they bring up housing. One thing I was thinking of is farming of a type, being able to grow alchemy agents or food agents, reagents. What do you guys feel about that? You would need uh, personal housing first. I know. That would probably be something you can do with – but I mean even in Skyrim they had farming. Like people would be able to farm. You could plant stuff at your house. And that was always just really fun to do. Uh, if I can have a house, I'd rather have a test dummy in there for me to beat on and actually work on some numbers. You know, actually, someone was talking about that, being able to have test dummies in the game, like you could put them in your house so you could test that kind of stuff. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of neat. Uh, Stellan, how about you? Do you have anything environmental that uh, type of gameplay you can think of? Uh, well, I mean, the jumping puzzles from Guild Wars 2 did work very well, like you said. Um, they were strangely addictive. Um, puzzles in general, mm, I'm one of those people who likes it in theory, and then after about two minutes, I'm too stupid to work it out. I'm starting to rummage around for the answer somewhere. <laughs> but others will enjoy them, so throw them in there. Uh, otherwise, I'm not so fussed about environmental time wasters, to be honest. Okay. I'm I'm always an achievement horn. I always look for new things. So I, I love the idea of puzzles. And, and for some people, they will go look up a guide. But for me, I will not look up a guide for a puzzle until I've literally exhausted all my avenues of trying to figure it out. It's just, you know, it's kind of like looking at the end of a book for, you know, a spoiler book. Going, okay, I figured, can't figure it out. I'm just going to look at the back of the book for the answer. I mean, and people will do that. But let, I mean, Deltia. Just here's here's something fun for you. Since you do okay. a lot of guide videos, can you imagine the amount of hits you get on your YouTube page for uh, writing guides for puzzles? I'm well, no, I'd I'd get zero hits because <laughs> I don't know how to do them, and I'm puzzle you know ig how to do it. ignorant. <laughs> no, it's like beating some troll. I can beat a troll to death, but puzzles. Are... 
Well, okay, let me rephrase that. I'd be able to get a lot of hits because I would do videos on, on uh, solving puzzles. There you go. Because <laughs> I love doing that kind of stuff. I absolutely love it. So, you know, that's just something fun to do. Lastly, I separated out the character. Uh, this is stuff that you could do to maybe enhance your character or whatever the case may be. Um, obviously, mount collecting is something that I always like doing, pet collecting. But I think they need to add imp or, um, UI elements before you can really do that. But here's something I thought was kind of interesting. What would you guys think of brawling, a type of duel, but it was like almost like a fist-fighting minigame? You're talking about like more Witcher stuff there. I am, because I love Witcher stuff. I mean, I really yeah. do, because I pulled a Witcher lot of this stuff game. from Witcher. But, I mean, that's something you could gamble with. And it's stuff that you don't have to do to advance your character, really, but just stuff that would be fun to do. I mean, how much fun would it be for role players just to get into a fist fight? I mean, really. That's yeah, it. it's just stuff that I don't... I mean, I'm not that interested. I don't know. I want to play the game that I want to do, like whether it's hardcore, you know, Dragon Star Arena or it's something else. It just... I don't know. I've never really been a big fan. And not say that you know everyone shouldn't be but i just haven't really got it types thing yeah but again this is this is one of those interesting things that some people have more stake in this is yeah. definitely more of a casual type person's thing you like even yeah. the pokey wow in, in in world of warcraft was people something people it. played more casual people logged in and did just because it was fun to do for them who no never pressure. did anything else which I was a hardcore raider and I was really good at the Pokemon. <laughs> I know this one guy who was on our raiding team, his wife played just to do that. She never really leveled except for to get into a zone to capture more pets. Like that's all she did all day long. And that was worth her subscription. So, I mean, if you have something fun like that, that people like to do, that may be worth their subscription, fun things to do. I mean, brawling would be a fun little guild event for a guild get together. If you ask me. Yeah, uh, brawling would be good. Just uh, go somewhere in a city and just have, you know, a, a guild get. The, I mean, people do that all the time. They're making in-game festivals in-game just for things that guilds to get together. So, you know what I mean? It's just something you can do. Everyone in chat is on board about this topic. The only person who's against it is Deltia. <laughs> I figured I'd point that out there. Deltia <laughs> is against it. Dislike Deltia. Well, I'm not saying I'm against it. It's just I'm saying I don't get it. And I don't value it. Where See? other people, like, that's really cool to them. Mm -hmm. You probably think arenas are completely stupid and waste of time. Where I'm like, I want that bad. Sure. And then I, I don't understand his point of view. There's Sometimes you just well, have to take a break from fighting. You cannot constantly beat up players or mobs for hours uh, and hours on end. When you, when you have an endless ego, when you have an endless ego, you can Oh, gosh, that, just, yeah. that must be the testosterone talking, then. Mm, probably. <laughs> I agree with Deltia. The other stuff's all fun and distracting, but in reality, I prefer something that involves killing people, killing things, and progressing my character some way, even if it's just for a bit of cosmetics. I actually tend to side with them more, but I do tend to... I do, I, I can't stand the... Uh, Space is getting mad. I can I feel do, it. There I it do everything in the game. I do, and I love minigames. I love them to be there. And I do them for achievements, and I do them just for completion's sake. But, you know, overall, fighting is what I, I do in the game. Otherwise, I'd play The Sims. Which you know. I have discovered I'm an achievement addict. Yeah, I'm a total I, achievement addict. I did not know this about me, and then I realized I look at I don't, I, mean, I don't want to get the crap ones. I'm not interested in finding... <laughs> I don't want to find a beggar somewhere to give him some 20 gold or whatever, but... <laughs> 
I've run the veteran dungeons again and again and again just to get all the achievements, the speed runs, the assassin runs. Yeah. Even, even the kill 200 mobs in there, I get one every time yeah. I run the damn thing. Do you have the necrotic orb yet? Uh, I've got it unlocked. I have to admit, I haven't put any points in it yet, but haven't they fixed that yet? Is it still broken? Oh, oh my. I'll get a necrotic orb later. <laughs> Anyways, that's my story for the week. Go ahead. Okay. All right, well, before we get into that, because that's our next section, does anyone else have anything else they'd like to see for distraction-based gameplay to be put into the game before we move on? They seems like she wants to say something. I need lots of them. Tons of them. They need to be all over the game just to torture Deltius. <laughs> I'm fond of them for the fact that they would allow people to get together in a social way, which is what MMOs are about anyway, like, especially if you had dice and card games that you could only do while you're in a tavern. Taverns would be packed with people all the time sitting in there doing stuff. that would be stuff. awesome. <laughs> yeah, it would be fun. Even if you didn't want to do it, it would just be kind of neat to go to a tavern. And here's the nice thing. Maybe you're waiting for something, like uh, waiting to try to find... How many people have... How many of us have been sitting there waiting for a dungeon, looking for one more of something to do a dungeon? Why not just sit in a tavern, play a dice game, and gamble a little bit or while you're waiting? Sometimes you wait for a while to find a, a, a party member, especially if you're looking for a very specific role for something. Looking for a healer or looking for a tank, it's often hard to find those people if you're not one of them when you're trying to do something. Or you're waiting for your uh, trials run to go and it starts in 10 minutes and they're forming up. Well, why not just break out a dice and do a little bit of gambling, earn a little bit of money or lose some and have fun? You know what I mean? Good yep. times. Because yeah, a lot of time destruction or distraction based gameplay is time fillers while you're waiting to do something else you like, like waiting to get into Cyrodiil when it's full because they only have one 30 day campaign, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. See how I see. How I yeah, I know. I know you brought me back. I know. That's good. <laughs> That's good. It's a good host. Right on. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's our little topic for distraction based gameplay. And maybe if Zoss ever listens, they may take some of our ideas and throw them in. Um, but I definitely do like the uh, idea of Steldon's loot idea. I think there should be an achievement when you do certain things that your loot looks different, like more uh, more ornate. So when you do slash cool. loot, it's like pretty. I like that. Just cosmetic things are fun. I like it a lot. Okay, we're going to move on to our next section, my favorite section, the Tales of Tamriel, where we go on and talk about our personal playtime during this week in The Elder Scrolls Online. Uh, as is our normal custom, our guests will always go first. So, Estelden, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you did in ESO this week? Oh, well, uh, I got a few things done. I managed to get the wife maxed out on her werewolf as well, so that she can now swiftly get rid of it, because it's crap, but... Still, she got the she got the achievement. She got the dice. The dice, awesome. You have to admit yes. that. Oh come on! The That's the only reason why I'm a vampire white. right now. The vampire got black and white, man. The poor werewolf got brown, and a sort of manky gray. But still, that's not the point. It was an achievement that had to be got. Um, other than that, on early in the week, I ran with eight guildies in Cyrodiil. That was uh, interesting. We are not the uh, most natural PvPers in the world, I'll, I'll be honest with you. So there was quite a few people getting picked off by Nightblades here, there, and everywhere. Uh, well, damn gankers. Although on the bright side as a Templar, when they tried to gank me, they quickly found the Blazing Shield up. Ooh. God bless that shield. 
Um, other than that, I've been running a lot of veteran dungeons, as I mentioned earlier, mainly because I'm addicted to getting all the achievements in there. Um, I have to admit, I haven't done Crypt of Hearts yet, because sadly we don't actually have four people or veteran rank 10 or so. But aside from that, we've now got all the speedruns done and all the deadly assassin achievements done. So happy days there. Um, other than that, I've pretty much got my Hand of Justice Templar build down to a T, so I'm quite pleased with that. It's the kind of build that, admittedly, if it turned up on the community creations, you guys would all have fun saying, this is a terrible build. What is he trying to do? Pick a I, role and use it. I think you should uh, write it up, and we can feature it on the TOT site. Just saying. <laughs> I, I might get around to doing that. Um, then you can have a, a good laugh looking at the confused face you'd have trying to work out what this build is actually trying to achieve. It's strangely effective, certainly for speedruns, anyway. Uh, other than that, that's probably all we really got up to this week. Excellent. That That's awesome. Um, yeah, I definitely actually want to see the build anywhere. I love Templar builds, so, you know. I mean, I, I, I've had my, my uh, Sword Saint build critiqued like crazy, and um, it's only better for it. I love it. I, I was running it in... Um, in the uh, both veteran and normal mode Dragonstar Arena this week on PTS, and I gotta say, I love it. I love it to death. It's so awesome. Like I was, I had so much stamina uh, regen and so much stamina. I wasn't running out. Like period. And oh, it was it was fantastic. And repentance is glorious in uh, Dragonstar Arena because of all the dead bodies. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, it, I can't wait to try that. It's such a fun build. My. My two-handed greatsword, um, um, stamina user, he, he's fantastic. With a bow backup, it's it's fantastic. Heals, um, puncturing sweep heals so much, especially when you have a lot of crit, because it, it takes 40% of the damage you deal back. So if there's a group of mobs, if you can hit more than one, oh my goodness, you get so much health back, it's insane. Like, uh, when I was running, the, the healer I was running with was like, I, I barely had to heal you half time because if there was more than a couple mobs, you were healing yourself just by attacking them. It was it was great. So, I mean, I want to see your build. I love seeing it. All right, uh, Deltia, why don't you tell us a little bit about what you've been doing in ESO this week? Oh, my God. I had a blast this week. So, the first off, um, I get a lot of help from people. A lot of people message me in game saying, hey, I saw your guide, blah, 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 you know, great. I mean, it's just awesome. And Brandon, Grouchy, Kaz, my guildies, I'm leveling all the time trying to get these characters all four to end game. And they helped me, I mean, ran me through Craglorn to get the Sky Shards for two hours this morning. I mean, stuff like that, that doesn't really benefit them whatsoever, people help me do. And that's... It's pretty cool because I'm not that receptive when it's if it's benefiting my character, you know, then I may may or may not go do it. So I have had a lot of help, and I appreciate that. Okay, as far as the game, um, we're kind of we kind of got back on our mains. My friends, like kind of a four person group, we tried Dragon Star Arena out. It was really cool, loved it. And then I kind of went back to the drawing board as far as my tank is built, um, the T3 Talons tank. So I'm going to try playing more light armor and kind of seeing how that works with regeneration because it's really apparent you're going to have to be able to heal yourself through this. You can't rely on your healers at all times. I really think you're going to have to have some magicka. You're going to have to off heal sometimes, maybe someone else that's down. So I'm going to go back to the drawing board with that. So part of that is we all need a necrotic orb 
all of our characters we want to have a necrotic orb. So I got my buddy. We did some uh, achievements and the dungeons, the veteran rank dungeons, speed runs. We farmed some Kwama to get some easy achievements, and he got a necrotic orb. I'm like, all right, let's go test it out. So we went to Spell Scar and Craglorn, our normal grinding spot, and he got it morphed, okay? This is how powerful Necrotic Orb is. He threw it. I'm on my VR4. I hit it, the synergy. It's a free synergy key. While I'm blocking, it did 700 damage on a crit to six targets. All four players can hit it. All four players get magic back. Now... If all four players have it, do the math. If you, you start out a fight with Necrotic Orb, everything dies. So is it, has it been fixed? No. It is way too powerful. Um, so we kind of farmed Necrotic Orb, got that leveled up, and just was like, wow, this is going to be awesome in Dragonstar Arena. Got Werewolf to 10 and tried it out. Loved it on my tank. The, but like I said earlier, the passives suck. I mean, I just tried to do it to get the guide and see if it worked for tank. So I'm going to stick with it on Deltia. Um, then I got my Nightblade to VR5. Finished my build, one-shot Willy. Submitted it to the community. Made a YouTube video. Really positive feedback, which I appreciate. I got a lot of requests for add-ons. Like what I use for add-ons, what's what am I running on my screen when I'm doing streams, so on. So I made a quick 15-minute, 10-minute uh, add-on guide and did that. A lot of people like that, too. I've been playing a lot. I got my uh, Sork to VR5. I'm trying to get everything ready to VR5, make a build so that you know I know the classes in and out. Because as a tank controlling the battlefield, I need to know everyone's job better than they do. And if I do, I know what they should be doing, what's on their bar, what possible morphs they have, and why they can or cannot use it. So I'm just trying to learn the game, ins and outs of all the classes, and get ready for Dragonstar Arena. I mean, I can't wait. So I'm, I'm farming Recruita. I'm farming, you know, mats. I'm trying to get racks. I'm trying to get all that stuff ready. So when I hit VR14, I'm going to have a full set of legendary gear on Deltia and a brand new build. Um, so I have a lot of testing to do on Deltia because it really seems like resources are the key. Uh, where in veteran mode, you know, fights maybe last one, two minutes if you're going really fast. Not this thing. There's not a huge big break. You have to be able to regenerate your stuff really fast. So it's going to change the dynamic of the game. Really excited about it. But yeah, I've rambled on enough. I'm telling you what, Necrotic Orb, wow. <laughs> well, let's give it a try then. I've heard a lot of stuff about Necrotic Orb, but the thing that always scares me anytime I hear so much about it is the impending nerf bat. Like you can just you just see the sword of Damocles holding above it, just waiting for it to descend and kill it. Yeah, yeah but we thought we thought that for Dragon Knights as well, to be fair. Well they did actually get nerfed. Um They they got tickled. They got tickled. Well Yeah, Dragon Knights are still just dominant. The the one thing that I kinda like is that they're doing is uh, unlike other games that nerf as much they're not their philosophy is and they've said this before where their goal isn't to nerf things that are overpowered they look at them and go okay they're overpowered well let's bring everything else up to that level instead of nerfing it down and i like that idea i mean i think they only nerf things that are insanely broken um so 
It's, well, it's they, they, do, they do a bit of both, don't they? They sort of tinker on the edges, but rather than smack it with the Nerf bat, it's very slow and steady, which is annoying to everyone who's not the overpowered class, but yeah. will be that class that's got smashed down to oblivion and gone, well, now I'm useless. Right. So it's nice that they're being a bit more cautious with it. Yeah, everything seems kind of small, and everything they do is just small little increment. Well, that's the one of the nice things about the game is, like, things like Necrotic Orb, for instance... I don't think they'll ever fix that unless they deem it's overly... Like, one thing I could see them changing is Necrotic Orb only allowing one synergy. First person to hit it gets it. Right. You know? but that's fair. It'd still be powerful. It would. It would. But I think that's something that they would do. They would just say, you know what? We're just gonna, you know... But unlike... I think they're more apt to change class abilities because there is balance with class. But Necrotic Orb, it's like, you think it's OP? Then you grab it. You have just as much access as anyone else. I think, I think they're more swift to nerf the class abilities than they are anything else. Because it's like if you're worried about balance, why don't you just grab it too? True. So, but I, I think uh, sweeping changes for Necrotic Orbs. I think they would probably limit it only one. Because all every it's kind of weird that everyone every other synergy only allows one. To my knowledge, like uh, Illuminous Shards. That'd be great if everyone in the team could grab it, but the first person to get it gets it, you know? I was going to say, no, mo- most can be useful. I think the Templars are one of the only ones that is actually just limited to the one person. Really? I actually uh, thought I was less than that. I'm surprised. Um, but yeah, like most, some of the real powerful ones are just limited, and it just seems like four people to use that ability all at one shot is just an awful lot of, you know, almost like OP damage, especially like, uh, like you're saying, uh, Trials. You get eight people to have it, drop it, it and, and it all takes, eight. and everyone using it, it takes no resources. Only the caster. Think about that. That's a resource-free, huge damage burst. Yeah, I, I think that in general, I think maybe nerfed in the future, just because I know myself as a developer, the first thing I would do would be like, nope, first person gets it. That would that would more than ninety percent nerf on this thing. It's still powerful, but it would definitely make more people rethink having everyone take it. You know what I mean? Because pretty much now it's like everyone needs to have it, especially for that big burst, but maybe they don't have as many people having it if only one person can use it because it's... It's hard to get. It's not easy to get. Yeah. Get your Undaunted up there that much. Un- well, I think that may change as well once we get the Undaunted dailies too because I think more people will be doing those. But anyway... All right, is that all you have for this uh, for this week, Delta? Yeah, it was a great week. I know I'm a fanboy and do a little positive stuff here and there, but it's just, man, a great community. You know, like I put up a guide, and someone may have constructive criticism about it and say, did you know this skill works better for this reason? I have never had someone bashing me or something like, you're an idiot. Or, and, like, I've done other guides for other games. Not one time has someone then they they disagree with me and i've actually learned a lot from their disagreements but it's just a different crowd in this game i really love it oh definitely all right well then now it's uh our turn for tales <laughs> and uh this week uh, let's talk a little bit about character changes uh these have it, has anything changed on your character this week nope i'm still messed up <laughs> i still so, hold on crit surge crit surge <laughs> i'm should, i'm going to try i that that is I have plans to do that next. So I'll patch. send you money. I was gonna say patch one point four brings out the uh, morph only respec or we're supposed to. Really? Yep, that's what they mentioned. Really? The oh that's great. 
That's actually in our notes, and, and I like how it's written there so that it says so that if you happen to make an epic error in choice, such as something crazy like taking power surge instead of crit surge, you can respec it. <laughs> I think that was written specifically for you. Really? Yeah. I would not have known. That would have been our this. friend Estelden. That was not me. Oh, oh me. that wasn't you? <laughs> that was not me. <laughs> it was me. That was uh, not me who put that in there, so don't yell at me. Wow. Oh, Stella, yeah. you almost got me in trouble. She's giving me the dagger eye, like, yeah, I, I know I made a mistake. I, I'll remember that. Yeah. Oh, the, the, to be fair, if you play a healer main time, the power surge is actually a very good morph, because you have to you activate it less often, so you just have it on your other bar. So, See? You know. See, I'm not that bad. Just mm. a little bit. I cannot believe he's the one that wrote it. Stop being such a BR. You. Okay. I, I, denying it. <laughs> that was not, you see the different colors? No, no. I was wondering why there was red sections in the notes. All right, makes yeah, sense different now. colors for different editors. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, but everyone has been amazing this past week. On the last show with me saying that I really, really messed up. I don't have enough money to respect. I've had a couple different people trying to, to, to give me money and trying to find ways, giving me things to sell so I can respect because I really messed up with my last spec. So I completely feel how you feel, Deltia, with this community. Everyone is just fantastic, and I'm so thankful for everyone that tries to help in any aspect. I didn't get so lucky, mostly because I have money. Yeah. Well, you know, I sell stuff. All right. Um, well, first off, for me, not a lot's changing except for the fact that, um, you know, I mess around with the bow, and, of course, I've been playing around with Repentance a lot. And uh, loving, loving that. And the my stamina build seems really, really, really strong, especially since I've been messing around a lot on the PTS this week, which is not something Thais was on. But uh, this week, I got to play on the PTS with uh, Deltia and Kipster uh, for the Dragon Star Arena normal mode. And oh my goodness, was that so much, so much fun. Um, but then after Deltia had to leave, um, I joined Kipster and two, two people from uh, the Defunct Guild. Uh, I guess that's Mala, Mala V and, oops, my bad. Uh, and we actually went in and did the veteran version of Dragon Star Arena. If you're interested in seeing me kind of geek out, uh, Kipster was nice enough to record it, and he uh, imp uh, imported it onto our uh, YouTube channel, so it's out there if you want to check that out. But, oh my goodness, is Dragon Star Arena fun. And it's actually fairly difficult. We got up to turn three, and it is rough. At, like, one point... You're surrounded by poison circles, which will one-hit kill you. There's no way about it. Um, you're surrounded, so you're in this little little section that's quasi-save zone. You have your two boss mobs running around doing whatever, who then also summon adds, who one of them is a giant Wamasu who will charge, and that is a one-shot kill, so you have to be out of its line of sight, but you have like two feet to move. Um, at one point, I think we tried switching all three of us to healers, having like a healer off spec just so we could survive the insane amount of damage that's going out. And we still couldn't do it. It was insane. Um, but, oh, it, I hope they keep the difficulty where it's at um, or even better, increase it because it is so much fun. And I actually hope in the next uh, week or two to get some um, 
been on the talking with a couple uh, Raiders, hardcore Raiders, to see if we can get them on to interview about Update 4. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully that comes in pretty soon. But yeah, had a lot of fun on the PTS. Um, but anyway, back to our live characters. We Last week we finished up Glen Umbra. And this week we started it up on Stormhaven. And it's kind of neat. The first quest you have to go into is we had to rescue the captain who we, that's kind of like our, what's called a bread, uh, breadcrumb quest, which leads you into the next zone. And the captain's been captured by something called, uh, Sur- or was it? Su- Supernal. Supernal. Thank you. Dreamers camp. Gotta love them. They are, uh, worshipers of Vermina. And if you remember Vermina from Skyrim, She's the Daedric Prince of Nightmares, and she's fantastic. I love her. Oh, it's a lot of fun. Um, and we were messing around there. Um, do you remember what we were doing when we were playing around, trying to rescue the captain? I know we had to go down and into a village after we freed him called, uh, what is that? Kyogun Village. Kyogun, okay. Um, it's pretty neat, because the first thing we actually have to do is there's, you walk up and there's a knight in the stocks. A really pretty knight, too. From from some castle, I can't Al-Kir, remember. Al-Kir, Al-Kir Castle. Al-Kir. Yeah, it's right there. Al-Kir. She was sent to help out this village because it was it was supposedly said somewhere that it was that they were going to be attacked by slavers. So she was sent down to help this village. When we get there, she's in the stocks, and you know you feel really bad for her. And all the villagers around her have mixed feelings about her being in there. Some are like, yeah, she should be in there. She's I don't know, I don't really trust her. And then other people are like, oh, this poor knight, you know, she shouldn't be in there. She came to help us. But it was all the, the not the captain. The messenger's fault. Well, the messenger was supposed to go to the constable? Yes, the constable. Okay. Was supposed to go to the constable, but when the messenger got there, he didn't get to the constable, and he got, you know, captured by the slavers, and the constable was losing his mind. Everywhere this constable made us go, somehow or another, he turned it around that they are, like, all working against him, and they are all after the village, and by the end of the quest, he finally said that it was all our fault, and that we were working with the slavers. Well, it was, it was more or less, he's saying that he dreamed the entire fight, like, he dreamed all of it, and how, that's how he knows everyone's paranoid against him, because he got a visit from those supernal dreamer cults who when you actually try to figure out apparently he even he even tries to imprison his lover who's a blacksmith i guess she's like yeah we you know we were friends at first and then it kind of escalated to more and then all of a sudden he changed like he told me i wasn't allowed over at his house anymore he started cutting me off and just didn't want to be around me his entire personality changed and when you actually go to investigate you find like there's a dramora in his room and there was a uh, when you kill the Dramora, his bed kind of explodes in daedric fumes. It was, well, that's it was because really you neat. find a relic underneath it that's part of the supernal dreamer's rituals, and you could tell it when it was placed there that this guy has been, I guess, under the sway of Vermina this entire time. She's playing on his fears. It's a really neat quest, and you actually eventually attack him and put him in the stocks. And now I know the next thing they want us to do is we had quests to go try to find, oh, the old lady who's looking for her baby boy. 
that we, we, we get close to the town, and there's a lady standing outside who's saying, you know, calling out her kid's name, and she's like, my sweet baby boy, I can't find him. He, you know, he came outside to play because he loves to play, and he wears his little boots, and he goes fishing, and he's just a mama's boy, and I, I have to find him. Will you please find him for me? <laughs> and, and the funny thing is, as soon as I said that, because she's always complaining about how there's no, no children, kids. and I, I looked at her and said, Ten bucks says he's like a forty-year-old guy with like a gray beard or something. <laughs> so we we wander around the beach because she said that her baby boy likes to wander on the beach by himself. And of course, I'm thinking, why would you let your child wander the beach by himself? And we eventually find him captured by slavers, but apparently he did it on purpose so he could figure out where everything was. Yeah. And sure enough, he's he was like this thirty-year-old man. And he's like, oh, so my mother sent you? Yeah, she can be a little overprotective. It's like, well, that's kind of the understatement of the century there, buddy. Mm-hmm. It, it was funny. Then he sends us on a, uh, a mission to go relight the lighthouse fires because apparently the slavers, that's how they've been trapping people. They put out the lighthouse fires, and when the ships crash, they take over them. So um, far, two ships have crashed. Yeah, and... Uh, it, it was a fun little quest. We had to run around, and I know we were playing around for quite a while, uh, fighting our way through. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, finally relit the lighthouse. And I think one of the things we did was we started to get into dueling uh, dolmens. dolmens. Yeah, we've been having a lot of fun with that. We don't call them out anymore. We try to du uh, duo them. And we actually duo the uh, Alcare Dolmen down to the south in Stormhaven. Um, I go heels, and he goes OP Templar. OP Templar of awesomeness. And I think where we left off this week is now now that we've saved the village and stuff like that, they want us to head north to Alkir Castle because apparently there's a whole bunch of weird stuff. Like everyone's on edge. There's um, supposedly a Red Guard army getting ready to siege the castle. And there, there's a lot of stuff going on that's just really, really crazy. So the knight sends us off to go talk to the the duke of the castle and that's where we're heading we're heading north through the farmlands and stuff going north and that's i think where we left off so so far i'm seeing a pattern here since we started on ebonheart everyone likes to attack ebonheart like just everyone's attacking ebonheart everyone also likes to attack themselves and everyone likes to attack each other but the only ones that don't really attack anybody is ebonheart since playing in this, the 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 one we're in now, I don't think once they've said that the the Nords or the Argonians or the Dunmer have attacked them, ever. Well, let, let's. You're gonna burst my bubble. No, no. Um, since the pact was formed, there hasn't been a lot. A lot of it's been repul you know, repulsion of attacks and stuff like that. But Nords have always been a a, a warlike. That's what they do. Now, that's before the Ebonheart Pact was formed. Uh, the Argonians were just slaves. And the Dunmer, actually, no, that's not true because the slavers who attacked the bay were all Dunmer. Because the yeah, Dunmer... Yeah, but, they, but they're, not, they're not actually the Ebonheart Pact. They are separate from that. They're Hel doesn't count. They're uh, doesn't count. Hel House Tilvani or something like that. I think that's what it is. Who are still... They actually rejected the, the Pact's laws about no slavery. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Dunmer are the biggest slave exporters ever. They're huge. Gotta love them. What? They they mostly torment my Argonians. Argonians you realize and Khajiit. this, right? Okay, I'm okay with Khajiit. They're stinky drug addict cats. <laughs> yes, well, that's... Oh, my God. What? Stinky drug addict cat. If you were to be politically correct, 
and uh, Elder Scrolls Online, you'd be the opposite. Yeah, she's <laughs> she's about as racist as it comes in ESO. And, and you know, it's only in ESO. And it, I mean, as a Nord, generally, I have to be racist against the 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 dirty knife ears. That's the that's the uh, <laughs> knife ears. Yeah, that's that's I guess the racial slur term. For elves, they're called knife ears. <laughs> oh, I'm okay with that. Yeah, all the, those elves, those the, if, the drug if you addicts. played Skyrim, it, it's all about. They talk about knife ears all the time, and several of the books in ESO refer to them as knife ears. That's that's kind of that's the racial slur for uh, elves. I love our our Evanheart. Evanheart back is the best. What race is your main character? Your Sork face. Um, <laughs> I am a Breton. Uh, you're okay. Hold on. So you're on the Everhart plaque playing a Breton. Yes. Huh? Oh, okay. Yes. Just checking. I am a Breton because I, I felt like I could not make a Nord that was me. And when I first started, I wasn't as attached to the Argonians as I am now. But if they ever come out with a way to race change, I am going Argonian. But yes, I am a Breton playing the Everhart Pact, and I am married to a Nord. Which explains why I hate elves, because my entire race was created by rape by elves. Essentially, yeah, because the human needs in the area were taken slaves by the the elves in that area, and they tended to intermingle over the centuries, some by, you know, rape, and others maybe just by grad, whatever. Some may have been nicer, but a lot of it was rape. Um, and that's how the, that's how uh, Bretons are. Really? Yes, actually. Oh, they're, they're called the Manmer. Because they're half blood. That's why, that's why uh, Bretons have the strongest magic racials than any other human race. Right. It's from their oh. elven heritage. I don't know that. But again, that was just from you know essentially them being neat, because they share the same ancestry essentially um, as as Nords. As, well, not really. Nords came from the north, but uh, the Nidic people were the general, you know, the popular native population in. In Tamriel at the time, Nords came from the north of, um, oh, it's called Elderwood, and in, in, I can't remember the name of it now. It's going to drive me nuts. But yeah, the uh, over time, the slaves were taken by the elves in the High Rock Hammerfell area. And over time, through intermingling, kind of like how slave owners in, in modern times would essentially rape their slaves and stuff like that, you would get mixed breed children. And over time, that's how the Bretons came to be was through this mingling of human slave and uh, um, elven bloodlines. And actually, they were some of the strongest supporters of of Alessia. Oh, Atmora. Thank you, Atmora. I don't know why I forgot that. That's the that's the Elderwood, the ancient Nord homeland. But yeah, that's that's how the Bretons came to be. So they actually bear no love of the elves either yes. because of their mixed bloodline they're kind of look less the elves look at them as mutts because they're not full elven and uh the bretons are like you raped my mother so you know well so hey, much quick. hatred is justified yeah, her innate racism comes from being an elf then essentially the percent of the elf yeah elves are just terrible. horrible horrible people they should all just be smothered. well altmer generally are because they have a very high pain i actually no, like no, the boss no i don't like them either the, well, only, you... the only ones that are allowed to survive are the dunmer what about uh, can you can you read these books online somewhere like the in-game books 
Yeah. We read them in game. Uh, you can read them in game, oh. or you can actually read them on the uh, unofficial Elder Scrolls pages. has all of them and the Imperial, Imperial Library. Library. Okay. You can read all of them if you if you want. Huh. All right, I'm going to start reading them then. Yeah, it, it, there's so much backstory in this game, it's insane. And actually, if you really want to just learn about the races, Unofficial Elder Scrolls Pages has a race thing where you can read about the lore of the races, and you'll you'll find out. Like, if you read the uh, the lore section for Breton's on Unofficial Elder Scrolls Pages, they have a huge write-up about how their entire society formed. It's it's interesting. It really yeah, is. So, other than that little lore segment, segment that we got into i think that ends our uh, play session for this week and next week we'll continue where we left off which is us heading towards alkir castle to try to figure out what's going on all right well uh that ends that and we're going to move on to our next section which is the dramatic reading this week we are continuing our reading of the of the eso set divines and deities and the book that we will be reading this week is the nine commands of the eight divines. So Thais, why don't you go ahead and take it away? By the intercession of St. Alessia, you may be so filled with grace and the strength and wisdom that come from grace that through these teachings, you may come to the true meaning of the eight divines and their glories to convey to man's mind, all the manifold subtleties of truth, and virtue may not be done, were all the seas ink and all the skies the parchment upon their wisdoms were writ. Yet Akatosh, in his wisdom, knowing how impatient is man and how loath he is to travel upon the hard roads of truth, has allowed these nine simple commands to be made manifest with powerful clarity and concise definition. 1. Stendar says, be kind and generous to the people of Tamriel. Protect the weak, heal the sick, and give to the needy. Two, Arke says, honor the earth, its creatures, and the spirits, living and dead. Guard and tend the bounties of the mortal world, and do not profane the spirits of the dead. Three, Mara says, live soberly and peacefully. Honor your parents and persevere the peace and security Keep going? Okay. And preserve the peace and security of home and family. Zenithar says, Work hard and you will be rewarded. Spend wisely and you will be comfortable. Never steal or you will be punished. Kinareth says, Use nature's gifts wisely. Respect her power and fear her fury. Dabella says, Open your heart to the noble secrets of art and love. Treasure the gifts of friendship. Seek joy and inspiration in the mysteries of love. Giuliano says, know the truth. Observe the law. When in doubt, seek wisdom from the wise. Akatosh says, serve and obey your emperor. Study the covenants. Worship the eight. Do your duty and heed the commands of the saints and priests. The eight say, above all else, be good to one another. If only each man might look into the mirror of these commands and see reflected there the bliss that might enfold them, were he to serve in strict obedience to these commands, he would be cast down and made contrite and humble. The obedient man may come to the altars of the eight and be blessed and may receive the comfort and healing of the eight and may give thanks for his manifold blessings. 
Heedless, the wicked man turns away, and forsaking the simple wisdoms granted to him by the all-wise and all-knowing eight, he lives in sin and ignorance all the days of his life. He bears the awful burden of his crimes, and before men and God his wickedness is known, and neither blessing nor comfort may he expect from the altars and shrines of the eight. Yet the wicked and foolish are not doomed, for in their infinite mercies the eight have said, Repent, and do good works, and the fountains of grace shall once more spill forth upon you. Repent your crimes, tender unto the emperor the fines of gold, that they may be used to spread the faith and its benefits to all men. Do yourself good works, redeem your infamy by shining deeds, show to all men and the eight the good fame of the righteous man, and you may once again approach the altars and shrines of the chapel to receive the comfort and blessings of the eight. Excellent. I love the Adrian. It's actually kind of funny a way of... I know in the single-player games, if you do have a bad reputation, you can't actually get blessings from the altars. It's, it's kind of neat. Until you pay your fines, if you're a known offender, you can't receive blessings. It's, it's really neat. All right, so let's move on to our next section, which is our Guild Corner. And as always, let's uh, let our guests go first. So, Estelden? Oh, yes. Right. <laughs> Me. Uh, yes, well, uh, in case anyone's interested and hanging around on the European server, you are more than welcome to contact me at Esteldian in-game. And we can probably pop you into our rather small guild, where we just do a lot of dungeon running, mess around PvP a little bit, and hopefully we'll try out a bit of the Trials and obviously the Dragon Star Arena when it's out. Excellent, excellent. Okay, uh, Deltia, do you want to plug yours? Sure. Yeah, I've had some people join from the show, so that's been great. Um, if you want to really just calm casual guild on all Demary Dominion, and you're maybe new to this game and need someone just to talk about skills and morphs and Everything else, I'm not the best player, but we do have some of the best players in the game in our Mumble and TeamSpeak, like Brandon and Kipster and some of these guys who, basically, that's this is how I get my information. I'm not the best by any means. But if you want kind of a starter guild and you're just looking to kind of figure out the game, you're more than welcome to join mine, Hard Contact. Just whisper me at Delta Game or get a hold of me on Twitter or somehow other way, and I'll be around. Excellent. And of course, if anyone's interested in joining the Friends and Family Guild of the Tales of Tamriel podcast, you can either contact myself, that's Azellos, that's at A-G-G-E-L-O-S, or at Tear Eater, T-E-A-R-E-A-T-E-R, in game for an invite. Uh, just a, This guild is just a place where fans of the show can meet and mingle with the host of Tales of Tamriel, and every once in a while, uh, we go out and do some guild events um, with the host. And this, of course, is a U.S. server. I, I, I forget to mention that. We are U.S.-based. Sorry. Next up, um, what? Okay, okay. Uh, next up, of course, is the Dragon Guard, which is a good friend of the show. Kipster has uh, started his own PVE progression guild called the Dragon Guard. Um, it's currently accepting any VR ranked character with a serious intention towards end game PvP or PVE content. Sorry, um, that's why I have to level mine up because he keeps asking when we're gonna, yeah, be high enough to do stuff because we were playing in the Dragon Star Arena. But if you do have an interest, you can contact Kipster in-game. That's K-Y-P-S-T-E-R, and you can apply there. We are currently in need of healers. Yes, healers. Dragonstar Arena needs healers. Lots of them. 
All right. Well, we're going to move on to our next section, which is our emails and iTunes reviews and website comments. So uh, first off, we had one I- iTunes review. Uh, Favorite Tiso podcast. Five stars. Greetings, TOT hosts. I've been listening to your podcast since March of 2014, and I've been a faithful listener ever since. More than anything, I enjoy your approach to MMORPGs in particular. Oh, in particular, TESO. I've had my share of MMOs, i.e. Star Wars Galaxies, EverQuest, SWOTOR, DC Universe, EVE Online, etc. And as mainly PvE player, I appreciate your balanced coverage of both PvE and PvP. One of my biggest gripes has to do with how PvP is approached by the majority of MMO players. It seems most players are more interested in kills and leaderboards than they are of <laughs> role-playing. I'll write to you on another occasion with more details, but I think you understand what I'm saying. I'm glad to hear the developers are introducing PvP into TSO through the justice system in a way that preserves the role-playing aspect and at the same time keeps it optional. I'm also happy that our faith in the developers was not in vain and that they have continued to listen to the player community, both good and bad, and are taking their time to do things right. Some people grant that the game launched unfinished or unpolished, and to some degree that is true. But I also know the dedicated members of the ESO community have been the co-developers of TSO, and that their collective voices over the past few months have made the game what it is, and what it will be in the future. If it was finished back in April, we'd be stuck with what they wanted us to have, and not what we wanted. Let's hope they continue to listen to the community and have the stamina to create new and exciting adventures for us. Keep up the good work with the podcast. I know that there and know that there are lots of us out here listening and cheering you on each week, including dirty elves like myself. May the eternal light of Queen Aren shine upon the darkened minds of the Ebonhearts. I may have to hurt him later. Peace, Griffin. Yeah, I almost uh, omitted that from the thing <sighs> just because I. You couldn't do that. Elves. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I don't think Griffin would get along with me very well. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, the nice thing is, you know, that's the best part about MMOs. All different types of people come into this. It really is. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess, as he said, but the one thing I really take from this is the fact that, like he said, as much as it can be a negative connotation, we are like the backseat developers in the game but it's nice because it's almost like a collaborative effort we say something that we want to see we give feedback and they listen they really do they listen to us about what we're wanting and they're making changes so it's a fantastic game and fantastic company i I love them they're (laughs) that was the best comment uh ever estelle done (laughs) oh i missed something i really did (laughs) Okay. Um, Fill the RP I need. Oh, <laughs> I see that. Yeah, yeah, I see. All right, I'm not going to edit that on the show because, you know, we are a family show. Um, you had to be in the chat room to see that comment. All right. Next up, we had one email. So. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Um, Do you want me to read this? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. It'll make more sense if you read it. I know. I did edit it. Uh, I did edit edit this email because uh, the person who sent this um, he, he it was very good they're from Austria and I'll so their language isn't natively English so I had to edit it for clarity to fix some of the, the broken English otherwise it was very well written 
especially as a second language, but I had to edit it out so I could read it a little bit clearer. So he goes, hello, Tales of Tamriel team. My name is Thomas and I'm 27. I live in Austria, so my mother language is German. Awesome. As most people who live in Europe, I also speak English. I love to listen to the podcast about games that I love, and I love to listen to English podcasts because I don't want to get out of practice with my English. I started to listen to your co- our podcast about two weeks ago. Currently, I'm on episode 17, so he's got a little way to go. Uh, I have to say, I'm very glad you solved your audio issues. And trust me, around what I forget what which one was 20 something or another, uh, the audio issues do get even better because I got a Blue Yeti microphone, which is amazing. I love this thing. Uh, in real life, I'm a CNC lathe programmer and operator, so I have time to listen to podcasts during my work day. Sometimes I have to work so long and hard that I don't get to play ESO when I come home because I fall asleep on the couch as soon as I hit it. (laughs) When I wake up, I'm very sad because it's too late to start ESO. Since I listen to your podcast at work, I'm not sad anymore because I, in quotes, played ESO at work. Best wishes from Austria. Thank you so much for listening, Thomas. We are glad that you um, enjoy the show. And it's actually really nice to see that we're listening to you all over the place. That's awesome. It is is really nice, and I mean, we have Estelle on the show. He's from the uh, UK, so I mean, it's fantastic. Uh, so, and finally, we have one more: the website comments. And uh, Estelle, do you have the notes up? Uh, I do not. No. Okay. I do. What's up? Um, actually, I was just gonna have him read this because it was kind of about his post, but it's okay. Um. I'm going to go ahead and read this and then still he can comment on it because we actually do have the person who wrote this. This is from Kilted Piper. He's another friend of the show and he wrote a comment on the website about restoration skills, um, the morphs that you posted. Thanks for the post of Stelden. Again, a great basic rundown on skills. I fashion myself as somewhat of a healer, albeit not a good one. Really learning how to do this in the game um, from... The reading that I have done and a bit of experience, the healing ward is one of the morphs that groups expect a healer to have, non-Templar, of course, so it is very well liked. Magic cost is higher, but very rarely does the shield get used up, so shield plus heal equals very good. As for passives, I think that at a higher levels is often the case that team members will get knocked down in health, so all the bonuses and passes for low HP percentage boost heal are important. If a healer, I'd say take all of these. Also, I think uh, Cycle of Life and Drain Essence stack. So again, not high amounts, but helpful, especially if you are at higher levels. Besides, we are using our Resto Heavy attacks to gain back Magicka, and being able to trickle heal while doing that is great. I agree with Healing Springs over Illustrious. The Mutagen versus Rapid Regen debate is huge. On non-Templars, I prefer Mutagen because I can also use it on myself when soloing, and the health boost at the end gives me enough time to swap over to my healing bar and heal up. Sort of an auto OS button. I haven't been using the Blessings or Morphs once I have Healing Ward, but for leveling the Blessings uh, and either Morph are fine. But there is a short timer on them, so you can buff up the party at the start, but in 8 seconds it's gone. I often forget uh, to reapply. I just recently leveled high enough for Siphon, so I don't have a lot of experience with it, but I would agree, hardcore healers, Siphon Spirit, great for bosses, off-heal, uh, the quick may be better. Thanks again. 
So that was for your morphs uh, guide. Yes, the morphs for the restoration stuff. Indeed. Do you have any uh, any specific comments on anything that he said that you would like to address? Uh, no, I mean, it was interesting to hear about the healing ward. Um, I personally was not a big fan of it myself, but if it's one people expect can I, can I jump in here? Absolutely. I think uh, Kilt the Piper ran with us and kind of we showed him a trick with healing ward. It is beast mode. All you have to do is there's a heal to fall button. Okay. When you use spell symmetry or equilibrium, it's basically the go-to ability to regenerate magic. However, you cannot heal yourself while you're under that after four seconds. So what people do is as soon as they run out of magic, you spam equilibrium three to four times to get full magic. You cast healing ward and you block. As soon as your healing ward's up, it heals you to full. You'll go from 20% health to full with full magic in four seconds. That's why it's amazing. So if you have an equilibrium um, spell symmetry build, like you know, you have you have basically your mage light, your equilibrium, you have healing war on your back bar, restoration staff. You basically have infinite mana. Uh huh. That kind of stinks of cheese to me. But hey, if it works, it works. It's it's cheesy as hell. But yeah, I mean, I can I can get full magic within four seconds and full health as long as no one's attacking me. That's why it's amazing. I have to agree with uh, Esteldian on that one. I would not do that because that just seems, yeah, way too, yeah. So cheese aside, I wasn't that impressed with the spell myself. Um, but yeah. just to know that. <laughs> That's the one thing I love about this game is the amount of stuff you can do and how things work together. And you can really just, it's fantastic. I love you it. You can really just cheese everything if you wanted to. You could, <laughs> but it, it's in an interesting way. Like well, how people they work find together. people find weird things to do, and like I always see my friend, I'm like, "How are you going to full health and full magic in three seconds?" He's like, "Oh, do this." So I started doing it. Yeah, it's cool. It is. It's really cool. All right. Well, that is the end of our uh, email section. It's time for our final thoughts, and uh, as always, there'll be ladies first. So, Thais, tell us your final thoughts for this episode. Awesome episode. I was. I am. Was. Am. I'm not sure which one. All right, let's not argue semantics. Okay. I am very happy that we had a new guest on the show. That's always fun. Anything else? No, no. Oh, okay. That was it? Yeah, that was it. All right. Excellent. All right. Deltia, how about you, man? How was, uh, what are your thoughts for the show? Oh, and also make sure you tell everyone where they can find you. Oh, yeah. Well, Deltia's Gaming, based on YouTube, Twitter, and Deltia'sGaming.com. And in game, I'm at Deltia. I'm not too complicated. Um, yeah, it's a great show. I think it was a lot of fun playing. I was really crabby that day when we did the four, the four man dragon star arena. My wife got basically hurt and I had to take care of her and had my dogs and all sorts of stuff. That's why it makes the ESO so great is I can jump off and on so easily. It's a game for me right now, but, um, the community is awesome. Like I always said, it's just so much fun. I mean, you got two more people in the guild just as we were talking and having this podcast. It's just, it's a lot of fun. It's so creative. This game feels so different with the builds. Like it really feels like it's your character. It's not some just cheesy character that everyone says take thirty points here and then thirty points this, and everyone does the exact same thing. It's like it's it's Big Jake. It's my character. It's my Templar. It's my. It's what makes this game feel so unique to me. Is that it's just it's yours. You know, it's your. You can do what you want with it. It doesn't matter what other people think. So I'm excited for the future. Dragon Star Arena, it's gonna be it's gonna be legit. 
definitely. Dragonstar Arena is, again, as I said before, probably the best thing they put in the game for the PvE person so far. So, can only get better. Hopefully they keep building on it. All right, and it's time for our special guest, Estelden. Why don't you give us your final thoughts and tell everyone where they can find you. Okay, uh, yeah, I mean, i got to say I haven't had so much fun in the game since the days of EverQuest 1 and Vanguard, which sadly is an ended game now. But anyway, yeah, I look, I play it pretty much as many times as I can when I get home. Uh, when I'm at work, I listen to podcasts like this one and others, as well as trying to think of new weird builds I'm going to be able to mess around with when I get back <laughs> home. Um, I Things look like they're going to get better. I cannot wait for the champion system to get here. Um, fun though VR is. Uh, so yeah, getting champions in would be fantastic. Um, the other night I was watching Shard's Tears, so I just want to quickly say, wow, that was amazing. If they bring out more content like that in the next Upper Craglawn, things are going to get really, really good. Um, other than that, thanks for having me on the show. It was a lot of fun. I do love talking about the games I'm uh, playing, so it was fun to be here. Uh, if anyone does want to find me on the EU servers, it's at Asteldian, A-S-T-E-L-D-I-A-N. Or also on Twitter with the same name, although I'm not the most active Twitter man in the world. That's it. Excellent. Well, we uh, we appreciate you on the show. We had a lot of fun. It was it was just a lot of fun. So thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we'll have to have you on again. It was a lot of fun. All right. I do want to thank all my co-hosts for joining me this evening. Um, it was a blast show. It it always is. I mean, I had a lot of fun talking about distraction-based gameplay because that's a something near and dear to my heart. I love the little things in a game. Every, little things always make me excited. Uh, it's just fun things to do. I mean, I'm I'm mostly a raider. That's what I do. But uh, I like little stuff to fill in when I'm not raiding, and that's things I'm very interested in. Um, yeah, definitely. It, it was kind of a slow nose week overall. A lot of a lot of little nitbit things and. But we had a lot of fun on the PTS, so I do encourage everyone to go out on the PTS. Get get your hands in there on the uh, Dragonstar Arena and uh, definitely the Serpent Trial, too, if you have a guild. Go out there and find out what it is and um, p- provide feedback, and let's make this a better game. And I guess this will be out in, I guess, September, they said, so probably within the first or second week of September. Probably closer to the second week of September, I would imagine. Um, it would be out. I'm going to actually guess that it's going to be out probably by the 8th of September. So get your oh. testing in now. I really think it'll be out by the 8th. That's my prediction. Update 4 will be out by the 8th. That's essentially a week away. So, yeah, I really think so. Just by their update cadence. I'd be surprised if it was any later. At latest, I would say probably by the 11th. Those are their update days, 8th and 11th. So your Monday or Thursday of second week in September. Which, of course, means then we'll have a week of nothing, really, of no news, followed by a preview of their next update. And that always excites me. So, again, thank you to everyone who listened to this podcast. Thank you for the very active chat room. As always, you guys are fantastic. If you wish to help support the podcast in any way, feel free to donate via the PayPal link on the website or anything else you want to do. Uh, there's many ways to help us along. I mean, Estelle didn't help write guides, brings traffic. It, it's a great thing. Um, anything you want to do to help, 
That's we're a community-based site, and that's what we like to do. If you wish to contact us with questions, comments, or criticisms, the website for the show is talesoftamriel.com, or you can email the show at podcast at talesoftamriel.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at Tales of Tamriel or at Facebook at facebook.com slash Tales of Tamriel podcast. Also, feel free to rate and subscribe to us via iTunes and on our YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash Tales of Tamriel. That helps us out so much. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a good night, everybody.